I got to sit down with my friend Bruce Beeland today. Bruce and I have known each other for several years. He's been a pastor, he's been a preacher, and he has quite a story to tell. Listen to him here on DaleWileyShow.com. You know, it's really amazing when you start to do stuff, you know, what can happen. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so let's start by saying that this is Bruce Beeland that I'm sitting here talking to. Yeah. And... I just have so many things I want to ask you, but let's start out with some simple questions. Sure. Where are you from? I'm from 100 miles south of Little Rock. Okay. It's, uh, I was raised in Washita County. Okay. But I was born in Union County, which is El Dorado. Some okay. people have heard of that town. Sure. And then I was raised in Washita County, Camden, Warner Spur, around that area. Washita sounds like it's really far south. It is it's all <laughs> almost Louisiana. There we go. Uh, not too far from Texas and not too far from Louisiana. Well, and so um, how did you get to Crane? Well, I married a girl from Kansas City. Okay. So you met halfway. Essentially. <laughs> we, uh, we met when uh, my parents actually, uh, my dad was an educator, uh -huh. and he uh, took a school as a superintendent in Independence, Missouri, a Christian school. Uh -huh. And her parents went to that church and I came in from leave the Air Force and we met and had a whirlwind romance, only dated wow. four and a half years. Really? <laughs> That's a reasonable time. I was in Turkey and Alaska during part of that time though. Oh, really? For two of those years I was out of the country, but yeah. Well, what was it like being in Turkey? Turkey in 1978 was uh, a very interesting place. Okay. I was there with the government. Uh, I was actually uh, in the Air Force, but we were assigned to a Turkish air base as custodial agents. Okay. Which my my uh, job was police, uh -huh. but um, I remember getting those orders, and it said detachment Germany, and I ran to my my. Uh, I was in Minot, North Dakota. I was trying to do anything to get out of there, <laughs> and I ran to my sergeant. And I said, "Oh, Sarge." I said, I'm so excited I'm going to Germany. He said, oh, let me see your orders. He looked at him and said, you'll never see Germany. <laughs> it was a detachment out of Germany at some point, and it was in, it was in Turkey. Anyway, it's... So did, did this have any involvement with the Midnight Run filming? No, <laughs> no. But that movie came out when I was over there. And oh, all my, really? One of my friend's sisters wrote me a letter and said, Bruce, I know you've never been in any trouble, but do not... <laughs> Do not get, she's cried during that movie. Really? Th thought I was going to get in trouble. I thought, I did, I, I, I'm in the middle, of, I'm fine. Exactly. They were That's kidnapping funny. people over there, yeah. but I, uh, yeah, they didn't want me. How was it, but, so was that a good experience? How long were you over there? I was there a year. Okay. And Dale, um, it was a very, uh, it was good for me because I, I turned 21 in Turkey doing life without parole. <laughs> and uh, it was, I kind of was making up my mind who I was going to be. Okay. And so during that time, I spent a lot of time, I, of course, I've come from a spiritual background, and um, I, I spent a lot of time in prayer and fasting and, and reading my Bible when I was over there. And uh, it was well, a good year. about that. How did you become the spiritual guy that you are? Wow. Yeah. That's a great question. Yeah, let's um, do it. My, uh, 
My mom and dad were both ministers in the Assemblies of God. Okay. Um, I was raised extremely conservative. Okay. Old AG, and AG means Assemblies of God. Mm -hmm. um, AG, old AG, no movies, no dancing, (laughs) no... The first movie I went to was a kung fu movie. It was a drive-in, and I was 16. Really? And this little girl that was with me, I'll never forget it, and I was watching this thing, and it was like... The, the mouth didn't line up with the, the talking. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at her, and I remember saying, I remember saying, TV is better than this. What's the big deal about movies? And she looks at me kind of pitifully and says, um, this is not a very good movie. <laughs> just let me know. And I just paid about $3.50 to get in, you know, and I was like, I was devastated. This isn't a good movie. That's funny. But, you know. But, so... How did that become what you went to and the different ministries that you've had and everything else? Well, um, essentially what I really wanted, and you're a music guy. Yeah. And uh, and right. I, that's one of the things you and I have always talked right. about so much. We always but... talk and we geek out over it. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> are... So what happened was um, very early on, um, my, I, my, my mother's side is Brumley's. Okay. So they're a musical family. It's a branch. It's a redneck branch off of them. So don't try to tie it back to Albert. Let's go ahead. Well, Albert Brumley is a big deal in his whole family, and so we are we are distant kin to them. (laughs) To Uh, me, that's a big deal. Okay. Well, it is to me too. But um, the uh, they anyway they they essentially. All of my family is from a little area called Banks, B-A-N-K-S, okay. Okay. Arkansas, and it is in Bradley County. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually talked to my cousin last night and um, was telling him some stuff that I, I'm trying to find out about our family. But anyway, the the point is, we're from the, my mom and dad both are from about three or four miles right there, oh, really? and they then they got married. And of course, there were other Brumleys uh-huh. that left there, and I think I think they ended up maybe in Harrison. I, I'm not sure. sure. I, I've never, but, but the northern end that was the, our Yankee kinfolk. <laughs> but anyway, the point being is that um, I, very musical family. My uncle was very musical. He was an evangelist. Wow. I became a bass player. I uh, really got interested in music, and uh-huh. and thought for a long time that might be what I did. Okay. But it was. I was sneaking and playing honky tonks and, <laughs> and playing church, and I was in three bands at one time. And, sure. And uh, but anyway, so that that whole that was what I thought I would probably go into some type of uh, music ministry. Right. But very early on, Dale, I felt a extreme unction to preach the gospel. Really. Six ish, five five to six years old. Really. And uh, I said I told God I would do it. Uh-huh. Well, when I was a teenager, I told him I wasn't going to do it because by that time I had seen uh, a lot in church that I was not too excited about. Right. I mean, and I don't mean any, any person, this is not about anybody, sure. just, um, um, kind of a duality that, that we, uh, um, that, that I experienced at that point. And maybe some things not as, and, and not with my parents or anything like that, but just so being, living in a parsonage right. is quite an education. Oh, I've had All of my children have had the same education. But 
anyway, so I went to the military and kind of the whole prodigal son story, you know, and, uh, and, and went back into music a couple of times, but never for a living, just right. for entertainment. Uh-huh. And then met my wife and she's, in, she's a musician and right. sings. And so we ended up kind of being praise and worship leaders, if you're familiar sure. with that term. Oh, yeah. And and then um, youth leaders, and then before long, you know, it's like okay, God, I'll preach. And so it's been it's I've I've pastored. Um, I'd say I've been preaching since about uh, eighty. Well, teaching since about eighty two, eighty one, okay. and then actually pastoring beginning about ninety four, okay. something like that. So okay, and. So, in other words, how did the law enforcement aspect of this get added to it? Well, this is a very interesting story to me. Okay. I mean, we're talking about me, so I'm, obviously yeah. I think it's interesting. Go ahead. But, um, so, my um, Brumley side also uh-huh. is strong in law enforcement. Okay. They were El Dorado Police Union County uh, Sheriffs, even, not the sheriff, but deputies. Sure. And then my Papa Pete Brumley, back in that same area, was a constable back in the okay. late 1800s, early 1900s. Right. So, uh, just a funny story about him, he would not get on a horse. Really? Um, he would only ride a buggy. He said horses were dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and I tend to agree. I don't, sometimes when the weather's just right, I walk kind of funny because of a horse. But anyway, the point... The point being is that that was kind of in my blood, and as a child, I really respected and, and thought that was a very cool thing. Sure. And uh, Roy Rogers was right. my hero, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I didn't even know who John Wayne was until I was <laughs> older. I'm serious. Yeah. I really didn't. Roy Rogers, to me, uh, and Dale Evans and the whole, you know, and all his movies, all of his shows. And so um, I... Uh, I, I remember thinking, and literally, I was living in El Dorado, so I was five. Uh-huh. I remember being in the yard and knowing that I would go into the military, okay. knowing that I was going to be a policeman, okay. and knowing that I was going to preach the gospel. Really? I remember that then. Uh-huh. So I don't know what that means now. I don't know if that's a spiritual <laughs> thing or yeah. a hard-headed thing, right. because you know my the Brumleys are known for being hard-headed. <laughs> so that's just the truth. Yeah. And so, when did you start doing law enforcement? I became a, what was called in those days, a law enforcement, it was called a police cadet program okay. in 1975. Okay. They literally let us wear uniforms. I was in high school. Okay. They let us wear uniforms. It was different than the police uniforms. We had a khaki uniform. Uh-huh. Theirs was a, a deep navy. Sure. And uh, we wore little belts. We could carry pepper spray and a baton. <laughs> Can you imagine the liability <laughs> behind yes. that? So do you have time for like a little quick story? Oh, absolutely. Okay, the first, all day. the first night. Uh-huh. Okay. So I get into the car uh, with this guy. I will not name his name. <laughs> uh, just, I won't name it. But we, we <laughs> I get in the car with him and he tells me two things. He said, number one, he said, um, when something happens, uh-huh. okay, you stay back. Do not okay. run and get into it because I'm, I want to take care of you. Sure. And, and, and I, that was reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Second thing he says, I want to show you this little button on the car. Okay. 
and the, but there was a radio and there was an old um, Chevy actually it wasn't they hadn't gone to Crown Vic's it was the old Chevy Impala uh -huh. probably a 72 model 71 uh -huh. model yeah. and there was a hidden button under there and he said he said reach on there can you feel it I said yes sir I see it and he said he's number one you have to call me yes sir he said he, <laughs> he said but number two um, push that button so I push it and something clicks by my head uh, and it is the shotgun release. Oh. And he said, do you know how to use the shotgun? I said, uh, yes, sir. I said, I'm, I'm a squirrel hunting deer hunt with a 12 gauge. He, he says, it's a pump. Do you know it? I said, yes, sir. Uh, he said, I'm not going to get it out. He said, I just want to tell you, if I get in trouble, you get that shotgun out. No training, no, no, <laughs> no waivers. Yeah. So the first night, that was my briefing. We're going in there. We get a call, officer, uh, in a fight uh -huh. with somebody. I don't, you know, of course, this is, I was 17. Sure. But um, we're driving the wrong way on a four lane going up a exit going, I don't know, 115 miles an hour. <laughs> I have a cool cigarette. I'm smoking a cool <laughs> cigarette without seat belts. He's got a cigarette sticking out of the side of his mouth. We slide up to this thing. He jumps out, leaves the door open. Run. He has a slapper. Do you know what a slapper is? No. Okay, a slapper is a piece of leather with lead in it. Oh, like a. It's like a sap. It's a blackjack. That's one word for it. But a slapper has actually a handle on it okay. and a big deal of lead on the end of it. He he launched himself off the ground. Probably three. Well, okay, he's a big old boy. So two feet off the ground <laughs> and landed this slapper on this young man's head that was oh, fighting no. this policeman, knocked him cold as a wedge, <laughs> drug him back to the car. I'm standing there trembling. <laughs> I've sure. never, this is, I was raised in a pastor's home. Yeah. And I'm trembling and, and, and for, this is the first, <laughs> this is the first four hours. Yeah. Okay. And he says, are you okay? I literally, I remember what I said. I said, I'm not only okay, I can't believe they actually pay you guys to, <laughs> to get to do this. I said, I'm going to do this for a living. He said, okay. <laughs> he said, that's reasonable. That's good. So th that was the way Camden PD operated. Uh -huh. A lot of head hitting, a lot of, now this is the 70s. Yes. Okay, this is, there were a lot, they're good good boys sure. they, they, those guys were good boys for what right. anyway sure but anyway so um my the sergeant he was a marine i went and looked at marines the marines would not let because i was graduating high school uh -huh. barely and uh so i um literally not joking the marines would not let me go they didn't have a guaranteed job in police Went to the Army. The Army did not have a guaranteed job in police. The only service that would guarantee me a job at 18 in police was the Air Force. Oh. And I joined the Air Force. Got a guaranteed okay. job. Ended up staying eight years on a four-year hitch. Wow. They, I got promoted. I did, I did real well. I was a trainer. Um, I was on tactical team. I was on... They sent me to the army twice and went through infantry schools. Really? And yeah, it was a good it was a good experience. Went to college some, mm -hmm. so it was a the military for me was a great experience. That's great. And so then, where did you work? How did you? Well, I got out of the military because I wanted to go into civilian police. Right. 
I mean, literally, I should have stayed in another six, or excuse me, another 12, been able to draw a check. Sure. But I've never been real patient. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm serious. I'm right. not the most patient. So I got out at Little Rock Air, Air Force Base. I got out, and uh, Kim was working. Uh, she has a degree in social work. She was look, working for Elizabeth Mitchell's children home up there. And I got out and started going to the University of Arkansas because okay. I wanted to get at least my associate degree. Sure. Well, one thing that I've left out in this, Dell, is I'm not a very good student. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. I'm um, probably, if I had a diagnosis, it would probably have some A's and some D's in it. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Sure. <laughs> so, I was not a very good student then. Anyway, my uh, my old supervisor when I was a police cadet was now the chief down in Camden. And he sent word. He said, son, when you're ready to go to work, let's go to work. So, right. they hired me. We moved to Camden. I was there for the next eight years. I worked. I was police for three years, then went to their uh, detective unit, worked two years as a detective, okay. worked my first homicide. Um, very, um, we crack cocaine hit South Arkansas while I was in the military. Uh-huh. About, I'm gonna say about 80, uh-huh. 81. Right. I went to work there in 80, I moved back to uh, Camden, 84. Okay. And it, it changed Dale the whole fabric of life there there was Camden was growing amazingly all the defense contracts everything was going on it got close to I'm gonna say 19 to 20,000 people Uh they are wondering if it's gonna break 10,000 people in the 2020 census oh wow the whole county has lost probably 10,000 people it is unbelievable yeah but anyway the uh we got back down there and as a detective i learned uh an enormous amount very quickly patrol there okay being being a patrolman there in 1985 uh-huh. and then in 1993 being a patrolman in nixa because uh-huh. we'll get there in a minute right was the difference between chicago and Mayberry um, ish. <laughs> I worked some bad stuff in Nixa. Sure. It, it's just under the surface. Right. But in, in Camden, it was continual. I worked stabbings. Wow. Shootings. I mean, multiple. Uh, I, I worked one of the ones that I love to tell. And I don't know if. Please tell. Well, I love this story because um, I used it over and over when I was a, I taught at the police academy and still do. Uh-huh. But. We got a call, and I was barely out of field training. Okay. So I, this was still in 85. Right. And we got a call, and a man was laying in the front yard, been shot multiple times. Wow. Holes all in, and we're trying to keep him. I was with a guy named Gary Vaughn, great policeman, great guy. Okay. Gary is he's much more experienced at that point at civilian police. He had been in the Army and had gotten sure. out and, and was working, and he's we're trying to hold. We, we got our first aid kids trying to keep this guy from bleeding out wow. and he's bleeding out the other end. Then we get him. I mean, he is bleeding everywhere. Uh-huh. Holes literally all in it. As we worked the case, we found out that his, uh, girl Paramore, sure. um, was, uh, legally blind okay. and had a, a 32 pistol and had hit him 
from like seven feet had only missed, had emptied the pistol and missed him only twice. Really? So I used to use that and say, you know, I worked where the, a blind woman shoot better than some of you guys. But anyway, <laughs> exactly. yeah. but they flew, uh, they flew him out. Uh, actually, it was the first time I was ever on a meta flight, meta, okay. meta, uh, what is medevac. it? Yeah, medevac mm-hmm. on a. Now, in the military, we had a couple, but first sure. first civilian I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And they actually flew him to Little Rock and on the helicopter, and uh, he lived. And what I remember about that is um, when it got time to testify that he refused to press charges. Really? Said he loved her and oh. didn't, didn't want to go to prison. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> that wasn't that did not happen once while I was there or twice or three times that happened many times wow. but um, another one was a guy that uh, got stabbed in the neck by his paramour I'll never forget when I investigate that why he got stabbed okay um, he was going to go fishing and she was tired of him fishing <laughs> and uh, I thought you know I'm glad my wife has a little more tolerance exactly and stuff yeah. like that. alcohol worse. helps Yes. Al- alcohol helps on that though that lowers that tone. yes <laughs> but no I then I uh, actually in 1990 they contacted me I had been to a couple of schools at the law enforcement academy there in Camden and uh, had was a uh, certified instructor and they actually recruited me to come out there and teach for two years oh wow and I left active duty and went into that which you're still a cop but you don't really do anything except well, teach. Well tell me about that job that sounds super interesting. It was very interesting um, one thing is in Arkansas where in Missouri you actually Dale and it's I don't like the way they do it in Missouri it's nothing uh-huh. against Missouri but like if you want to be a policeman tomorrow most policemen have to go to Drury or one of those sure. one of the sheriff's academy pay their way five now it's up to $5,500, dollars uh-huh. It's like going to college. You pay your way, and then you get a license, right. and then you present that license at Stone County and say, hey, I'm ready to go to work. Uh-huh. And then they know you have received the basic. In Arkansas, they hire you, Dale, uh-huh. and then pay you a salary while they send you to the academy, okay. which is like a lot of more progressive states. Right. It's just weird that that's the way they've been doing it since the beginning, probably right. because nobody could pay for it themselves. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know that. But anyway, um, so that academy in Arkansas and Camden at that point, it was uh, like five miles outside the city limits. It was a pretty big deal. We had uh, 40 to 50 students come through there every eight to 10 weeks, putting them through basic training. Then we had the advanced schools. So they had to send me away to learn advanced stuff, to teach advanced stuff. So that was a a real perk, getting to go to some schools. At one time I had a little van that I went around Arkansas and taught academy classes at different uh, departments that schedule you sure. know, us to come and teach. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very good. It was, you know, you got a, a good, it, I came overcame my fear of speaking in public oh, yeah. um, because you do it over and over and over. Yeah. And I think God was using that. I mean, I was no, already really, teaching yeah. on a small level, but um, in church I'm talking about, the no, youth and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then it was much easier for me to get in you know, in front of larger congregations. and Sure. So um, I really got bored there after, you're going to see a pattern. 
<laughs> there's a real pattern here. Those initials. <laughs> yes. So I got bored, and a, a friend of mine, uh, Ben Garner, had been elected sheriff of Washtenaw uh -huh. County. And uh, I called him. Actually, I called his chief deputy, and I said, man, I'm losing my mind out here. Can you can you help me? He said, uh, coincidentally, I can. And so uh -huh. they made me the, they called it the deputy north of the river. So uh -huh. I was essentially... Did all did a lot of their criminal investigation work in uniform, uh -huh. uh, worked north of the river there. It was uh, north part of the county. I moved to a little town called Bearden. It's spelled Bearden, but it's <laughs> oh, Bearden. Yeah. Uh, they actually had a very rough uh, crack problem. Oh, really? Just outside in the county, but just outside the city. I mean, it was... And there was also there was also a county line there, so people would flee across the county. And so I was there for a year, and the sheriff came to me and said, um, "I really need somebody to work full time for the task force." Okay. So I actually worked undercover for a period there. Oh wow! And Dale, I was interviewed by um, a newspaper. I don't know when it was in the nineties or two thousands. Uh -huh. Sure. And is it, this was a kid interviewing me, uh -huh. okay? And he said, well, you know, what do you think has really prepared you the most out of everything you've done? Uh -huh. What's prepared you the most for what you do now? Okay. And I told him, I said, son, I, I thought I knew everything. Uh -huh. Until you get in a car uh -huh. and buy crack cocaine through the window of that car. And work street dealers and have people in the car with you that their whole life has been decimated by dope. Uh -huh. Decimated. Right. There is nothing left. They've lost everything. Until you are around people on a regular basis that sell their bodies every day right. to get a rock of cocaine. Right. And you, I said, I understand desperateness. Sure. I understand brokenness. And I was actually about to take a ministry position, and he was asking me about that. And I said, you know, what the, the common denominator of the people that I see that come out of that lifestyle is Christ. Uh -huh. And so that's always been, and don't get me wrong, I don't carry a sign, I don't go to work carry a sign, exactly. you know. I don't have a belt buckle, I don't have anything in my uniform with right. a cross. I, there's no, no signs of that. I'm no, I don't, I'm just who I am, you know. Uh <laughs> There's some stories about that too, but anyway, <laughs> so, but, um, we had a, uh, one of the things back in those days, and a lot of people don't remember this or never knew because we're, you know, in Missouri, obviously, Sure. but, um, my, we'd seized houses, uh -huh. we seized cars, mm -hmm. seizures were huge and that money then all turned around to operate the task force. Sure. Well. Once I, I seized, after I'd been there, like I hadn't been there that long, six months or whatever, we seized some cars. And the next morning, or maybe it's the next couple of days later, I was in bed because we worked from like 10 in the morning to like midnight, mm -hmm. usually sometimes two or three o'clock in the morning. Sure. And uh, so it was like nine in the morning. Somebody's beating on the door and Kim went to the door. Um, she was off and the kids were there. And she said, honey, there's some boys out here who want to talk to you. And I am like totally out of it. Uh -huh. And I walk, get up and walk to the door and it's the people I've been buying crack from. Oh, really? And they're wanting their cars back. They're, then they were very respectful. Uh 
they said, you know, I don't, I don't know what's the process of me getting my car back. Right. And so I stepped out. So I said, hey, hold on, man, let me get a shirt. So I went and got my pistol, got a shirt on, uh-huh. went back out there and said, uh, guys, I, I don't want you here. Uh, if you want to come to the office, come to the show, I'll meet you at the sheriff's office. I said, I don't want you here. Sure. And they, they respected that. They got in the car and drove off. I went in the house and I said, Kim, well, I'm going to have to do something else. Yeah. If everybody knows where I live, right. this isn't going to work. I and mean, this was a six-county area. We worked yeah. a six-county area. And I said, if it's that easy, to, I said, I can't do this. Right. Not with you guys. I mean, I, I said, you know, I could live in a dump. It don't matter, yeah. but I can't. So I began to apply. Go ahead. No, no. Tell me about being undercover. What was that like? Well, it was as different as anything... Dale that I have done it was totally and I was not deep undercover uh-huh. we had people okay there was I want to say there was three levels of what we did okay first level is we bring somebody who is a police officer uh-huh. okay I'm not talking about a, an informant I'm talking about a police officer sure. he grows his hair out grows his beard out whatever we move him in he gets an apartment in the projects and he buys for three months he buys sure. A buttload of dope. Right. That's not very pastoral, but that's how much it is. You know what I mean? It's it I is. It. Yeah. He can buy dope because he gets down there. He's got a story. He's drinking beer with them. He's partying yeah. with them. Now he's not doing drugs with them. Uh-huh. Okay, but he is buying a dope. But he's making it look like that. Oh yes, mm-hmm. and he. So I never did that. I never. Yeah. No, I never had to do that. <laughs> what I did, I was on the. I'm gonna call it one level up from that. What I did is I came home almost every night, uh-huh. but I get up the next morning. Literally, what I would do would drive the office, would get it with there were two, three agents in my office, four agents uh, or a couple of them in Magnolia and a couple of agents in El Dorado. Uh-huh. We'd we had bosses obviously. Mm-hmm. They'd kind of line up what we we're going to do for that day. Supervisors. Bruce, I want you to do over here. I got pulled over by the same state trooper twice <laughs> going to buy dope. <laughs> and I apologize both times. I'll never forget. I said, I'm trying to get there. He said, would you please be careful? Anyway, I drove an old Regal. <laughs> but the point I'm making is we, they'd have a plan. The plan might include we have a, a willing informant. Maybe they're working off a charge. Right. Maybe they're making some money. Okay. Because we couldn't pay them with dope. Sure. Okay, not trying to be funny. No, we paid them with money, and if yeah. they bought dope with that money, that's their fault. That's or that, okay, that wasn't our responsibility. Exactly. Um, we, it was very interesting. The guidelines were very interesting. But so what we would do is, so one of my undercover cars was a, uh, a Mazda four-door, a weird beat-up. They were nice cars when they originally came out. But, uh-huh. and they would took a, a, uh, do you remember the old radar detectors, the kind oh, of the yeah. boxes that oh, sat yeah. in the front? Not the little ones, the boxes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, they had a camera in that, uh-huh. and they would, would disable the passenger side window. Okay, they just cut the cord so it never worked. Okay, and if it rolled down window, we take the door, the window off, or right. not the window, the door handle off. Yeah. Make sure mine worked. Make sure the camera was pointing that way. Then wire me in case uh-huh. I had to get out of the car. Right. Okay. Then what? By the, I had long hair, but I had I had kind of an interesting cover. My my cover was I 
um, my girlfriend wanted some crack. So that way I never had to ever smoke crack. Right. I never had to, that was my car. I, said, I don't smoke, I don't want any crack. Yeah. And she's, she's crazy. She wants crack, uh -huh. that's fine, I'll buy it for her. So, and uh, a lot of times it would be in the black neighborhood. So I'd, a lot of times have a black girlfriend uh -huh. or, or black, sometimes be a guy, sure. you know, this is my friend, we're, he's get, we're gonna party later, whatever. Right. So then we had what I call our undercover beer, okay? This is not a joke. We, uh -huh. we did not drink beer on, on while we're working. But what we would do is we had this hot, we'd buy, buy a case at a time. Uh -huh. We'd just pop it, take a couple of drinks of hot beer, take some <laughs> of it, do it like this. Right. And we still had the cans from d yesterday. We'd take the cans and throw them in the back end, just like a typical doper's car, uh, you know. Right. Uh, if they smoked, it worked out good. I did, I've never been much of a smoker. I smoked sure. for a while, but I quit by then. I was a dipper, unbelievably. But um, get, if they smoked, we'd make sure they had cigarettes because uh, you didn't want to smell good. You didn't want to look good. Sure. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so then we would go work street dealers, and we'd get them on camera selling us, and we would three different ways. One of them, we'd come back and make cases and then the police would pick up them two or three days so it wouldn't burn our guy if we're gonna sure. use our guy or girl or whatever, right. a lot more. But if it was the end of the operation, I'd drive off and a couple of guys unmarked would drive up and jerk them up right then. Really? Oh yeah, but that didn't happen as much as two or three days later they'd sure. be home, somebody not going to go, hey, I just want to talk to you about your car parked right. out here and then sure. he'd snatch and he's three counties over and they're getting him to sign up for, so right. he can give up all the people that he's bought, buy, yeah. buys from. It's, it's a, it's like multi-level marketing, except, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so um, that was one way we'd do it. Another way we'd do it is uh, it, it's one of the points we had unmarked vans would pull up and snatch dealers off the street, and that would terrify them. That was dangerous. That, that would terrify the, everybody. The, the hardest part about it was was that making them believe that you were the police. We oh, always yeah. tried to have one guy in the van in the back down that looked like a policeman really? so, with, with like a uniform on you oh, know what I mean because yeah. we didn't know even know what it we had badges we had guns sure you know but you know. but anyway um there was you know I actually sold some dope um what we would do is we'd come that was weed um uh, we would I'd deliver weed and meet all the people and then leave I'd have somebody there that knew who I was and they would they would be introducing me, and they'd get them on camera. You know, uh, not no, it would not be on camera back in those days. It'd just be on uh, audio uh -huh. of of them. It was a it was an odd lifestyle, man. Yeah, and it was uh, you know we tried to take Sundays off, and I was going to a little Baptist church out in the country <laughs> where nobody knew me. Right, and there's like they're like, now what do you do? <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. it was, but. Uh, but anyway, when the, when we decided to move, I drew us, uh, Kim and I agreed on Springfield. She'd gone to SMS. Okay. Back in those days, it was SMS. All right. Uh, and we drew our circle, about a 30-mile circle around sure. there. And I applied a bunch of places. Uh -huh. And uh, John Burdick and Nixa picked me up. He, oh. he hired me as an investigator. He said, but you're going to have to put you on the street for... Six months. I said, I don't. It's fine. Yeah, you know, it all sure. pays the same. I don't mm -hmm. care. I was ready to get a haircut and go to work. <laughs> I really was. And uh, 
I think it was two months later, he said, we've got too much to do. You're going to have to go straight to investigation. So mm-hmm. I did get kind of an idea sure. uh, of, of that, and we worked some horrible cases during that time. Wow. And you may or may not remember these, and I'm not going to get into the deep details of those. Beanie stuff? Yes. I was on the major case squad. Okay. I was, I worked with that, that case still is in me. Really? Yes. It still bothers me. How so? What is? The pictures. Oh. The pictures. We all, you know, all the investigators, we went, we peered through all the pictures, the crime scene. I was not there at the fresh crime scene at all. But everything I saw was was pictures. Um, it was. We spent hour, Dale. I spent a month every day on that case because uh-huh. we were assigned to that. Wow. You know, there was probably thirty of us assigned to it. Uh-huh. And um, of course, Jack Merritt then was with the Highway Patrol, and he was pretty much the villain and. Uh, Anyway, I'm not going to comment on how that case came out. I'm not going to spend any time. I'm really not. Good. I'm, I mean, I'm just not going to talk about it. But uh-huh. I will. T- I will tell you that um, uh, Ravel, uh-huh. same thing. I was there. Yeah. Uh, That's a very interesting story. I'll make right. it very quick. Um, essentially, we had an armed robbery in Nixa. Uh-huh. I'm going. I'm making up the times, okay? Sure. Because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say at five o'clock that afternoon. Okay. And I was already at home, maybe six o'clock. I was already at home eating. Uh-huh. And uh, Dana Spencer was work was on duty uh, sergeant. She said, we've had an armed robbery. I said, an armed robbery in Nixa? Because we didn't have that. <laughs> sure. And she said, yeah. And so I'd just been through the identity kit process uh-huh. with the little deal drawing right. pictures. Mm-hmm. And, and she said, will you come up here? And I said, yes. So I got back. I had to actually yeah. take home car, haul tail up there. We got there and are in the middle of with the, the clerk doing the identity kit, and the call comes in for Ravel. Wow. And we thought it was the same person. Right. I mean, that was the first thing we thought. Because sure, yeah. they had masks on, or the guy had a mask on that did ours. ours this guy, They're talking about masks. We jumped. I mean, we're, you know, going out there with the same guy. Uh-huh. We think it's related. Um, we get out there. And uh, so I was there, um, actually, uh, as they're loading um, Lisa Ravel in the... Wow. Yes, it was, it was, anyway. Crazy. So, yes, and I, I did not end up working that many hours on that one. I was uh, just out there at the beginning and did do the work. I was actually, actually testified, I think, in the first one. But okay. Then, because uh, I was there at the initial, the first... Sure. I'm going to say half an hour. I don't right. I really don't sure. know. Of course, we were all driving like crazy back in those days. <laughs> so maybe first 20 minutes. But, um, then there was um, the one I can talk about um, was, um, you, you may or may not remember Luther Meadows. No, I don't. Okay, Luther Meadows was the, he made national news. He was the mayor at... Okay. at Nixon, not while I was there, uh-huh. that um, he pardoned all the DWIs. Okay. He also owned a liquor store. <laughs> he also, <laughs> and I liked Luther. He was a Marine. Uh-huh. Okay, He got sideways with the chief at that time. Sure. I mean, I, Luther and I, we spoke the same language. 
Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, we may or may not get into that, but Rod Evans was his son-in-law. Okay. Rod Evans, who's now deceased. Uh-huh. That's the reason I'm talking about this. Right. Rod Evans um, was married to Luther's daughter. Sorry, yes, his daughter, Sheila Evans. Okay. And they live next door to Luther. Okay. Rod drowned Sheila. Wow. They were going through a divorce, and he hit her on the head with a flashlight and held her head underwater and drowned her in their pool. Wow. And we worked on that case, myself and Dwayne Isringhausen worked on that case. Dale, I don't know how many hours. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't, everything else was just dropped. Right. And we spent weeks interviewing people who knew him. And uh-huh. he had made some very incriminating statements about sure. if, she, if she steals my, I won't, I won't use the, the way he said it, but <laughs> if he, if she, we're getting a divorce, if she tries to take my retirement, they'll find her floating in the pool. And uh-huh. made some statements like that that really right. bit him in trial. And, uh-huh. uh, Bill Went yes. uh, was his uh, lawyer. lawyer back in mm-hmm. those days. And uh, we ended up, they tried that in Taney uh-huh. about two years later. And uh, he got life without parole. He died wow. uh, about three months ago in prison. They contacted me. Wow. He did not like me. <laughs> he uh, he did offer me to take me horseback riding one time, though. Did he? He knew that I had sold my horses in Arkansas. Yeah, I think he was going to kill me. <laughs> well, I'm glad he didn't do it. Well, I was. There was no chance of me riding with him. <laughs> I knew he. I don't think he knew that I knew he killed her. Oh. Huh. I think he was trying to, he was kind of a control guy, and he was trying right. to get me some information. He said, you know, I got all these horses, and oh, if you yeah. want to ride one, just come on. <laughs> I don't know what he, maybe it was just a conversation. You know? <laughs> but then I left there and went to, uh, I was, the only time that I've been with that, not been sworn in uh, officer since, uh, or some kind of police since 76. Uh-huh. There was about an 18-month period where I turned in all my stuff, and I went full-time uh, at um, Highview Assembly of God Church okay. as a youth pastor. And Highview Assembly? Assembly? Where is that? Lampy, Missouri. Okay. The big city of Lampe. <laughs> the French city of Lampe. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. And I ended up um, very odd, if you believe in coincidences, I don't. But No, tell me the story. The, I'm sure um, I was... Remember, I was working at the police academy in Camden. Uh-huh. My office mate was a minister named Keith Barr. Okay. Great cop. Uh-huh. Great teacher. He had, he had Keith has a memory. It's like I would give. Okay, I remember things in concepts. He remembers things in details. Okay. And together we're a pretty good team. But anyway, right. the point. Yeah. Anyway, the point being is that. Um, we prayed together. We spent time together. We we ate together. We and he ended up accepting a church, leaving the police academy, and accepting a church in Lampy, Missouri. Good. And I moved to Nixon, Missouri. Okay. And he called me and said, "Dude, I told him I said, Keith, I, I need to go in the ministry. I uh, need." He said, "Come on down." Oh wow! So he hired me, and and we moved into a little trailer behind his house with three kids. Great. And uh, it's a, it was a good. I was there. Three and a half years, but a year and a half of that. Okay, six months of that, I was still with Nixon. Right. A year, I was completely out of it. 
and then I started working my way back and in the last year I was there um, Keith had left another pastor taking over uh, for the Ely Roger Ely great guy he's still there okay and um, but I was working for Stone County is my first okay. my first time I worked for Stone. Stone is, is has been a lot of fun. Bill Heinzel, do you remember Bill Heinzel? I remember Bill. I love Bill. Sharon Heinzel. Yes. yes, yes, still is. They're they're married, live down. He's retired. Uh-huh. So, interesting thing about Bill. Bill has been my boss, and I've been his boss. Okay. So that's when you know you really got the A yes. and the D's in your in your <laughs> that's nest. Right. So Bill. Um, was the lieutenant over CID, and he contacted me, and he said, Bruce, I heard you're coming back to the police. I go, yeah, I've got my license. Got them back. And I said, I had to take a test. I said, I'm good. I said, I think Nix is going to hire me back, and I'll uh, make pretty good money. And he said, nah, what do you think about this? He said, what do you think about being the first full-time domestic investigator oh. in this area? Okay. So what do you mean domestic? He said, you'll work all the best. I said, domestics are hard. Uh-huh. He said, we'll send you to school. You know, we'll, we'll take care of you. I said, no. He said, you're off on the weekends. I go, oh, great. <laughs> so I will, t- I'm going to use a word here. Okay. Um, but he said, he said, Bruce, I think you'll really be good at this because what we need is somebody who's a good policeman, good cop, but is also kind of a half-assed social worker. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, Dang it! You just <laughs> nailed me. And so, right. Uh, Richard Hill was a sheriff. Uh-huh. Uh, they got the grant approved. I uh, Christian Associates. I worked hand in hand with Christian Associates. I worked uh-huh. hand in hand with, of course, with the, the sheriff's office. I worked with all the municipalities. I did that for about two and a half years. Okay. And uh, Bill, during that time, left and went to work for the state. So they made me lieutenant, but I was still working the domestics and and working. It's when I also begin to work a lot of kids' crimes. Okay. And, Dale, if I could just sing a song of praise to people who work child abuse. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And the first child sexual abuse that I worked was in Camden in 1986. Okay. I didn't understand it because, I mean, just if you understand that, then there's something a little wrong with you. Right. Because when my mom would ask me about it, she said, Bruce, what? I said, Mom, you don't understand because you're normal. Exactly. You're okay. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing yeah. to not understand. Even if you understand the dynamics, you still don't understand. Right. So um, I worked my first one then. It was actually with an infant. Oh, jeez. And, and it has, that, that part of this job has probably affected me times two of everything else. The drugs. Right. The, even the domestics I've I'm worked sure that's right. I've worked murder domestics that turned into murders sure. all of that but all of, all of that combined if you take the kids cases I've worked it's still more yeah uh, traffic accidents entirely everybody talks about traffic accidents they're horrible mm-hmm. you know people killed and maimed they're horrible yeah. but that has not even scratched the surface of what working long term people who work child abuse over and over and over it's uh-huh. it's it's costly but anyway I, I ended up working a lot of those and, and became kind of actually um, I'm a, I went to a lot of interrogation schools became a um, you got the right personality for that too yeah I like to talk <laughs> voice, <laughs> voice test uh, I had a voice stress uh, analysis twice I, I used those I've been certified twice in that with uh-huh. laptop 
And uh, so we put a lot of people in prison. Uh, I mean, we did. We put sure. a lot of people in prison. And uh, it, it. And I don't say that to say, clap my hands. Or it's just that you know right. we also um, helped a lot of, of uh, children, uh, which I honestly to this day I still want to cry. Oh yeah. I was testifying somewhere not too long ago, which I will just stay completely out of that. Okay. But. I started crying as I testified, uh-huh. and um, that's the first time that that ever happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm just getting older, <laughs> or I got you know I got two grandbabies, sure, which makes you see everything a little bit different. Oh yeah, but anyway. And so tell me, how did you become the old law dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got first off, you got to live through all this other crap. Yes, definitely. Well, and and here's the deal, I have always had a couple of things going on to the dismay of my sweet bride. Okay. So I have always had the whole music thing. Right. Okay. So all of that now is funneled into Crane Christian Church. I've been sure. a pastor at Crane Christian Church for 15 years. Right. Unbelievably that they right. have put up with me that long ago. <laughs> I'm serious. I love those people. Those people are gold. Oh, they are. I'm they are gold. People. Yeah. Lord, the board, sometimes they just shake. <laughs> but anyway, they're gold people, just wonderful people. So um, I came there, by the way, 15 years ago for one service. Really? Yes. Wow. That I still... Was this right after Mike Vernon or what? No, um, there was the, uh, was his name Orch? Started with an O. He, he, he was gone, so it would have been... I was chief, I was chief at Nixa, so it'd been about oh four, uh-huh. maybe it could have been oh five. Okay. But anyway, he had been there for a while, and he left, and they and uh, Mike Rice called me for one service. Oh. I said, he said, are you preaching anywhere? I said, no, sir. I said, I resigned down at Lampy, and I said, he said, because driving back and forth from Crane to Lampy, oh, so yeah. By the way. Anyway, sure. my kids have puked everywhere from here. <laughs> so, anyway, I said, no, I'd be glad to speak. And, and so I spoke one, spoke again. They tried out a few people, and uh-huh. after a year or so, they just kept me. They couldn't find oh, nobody. Wow. But anyway, bless their heart. <laughs> but so we have a band there that we, we the Craig Christian Church praise team, and we call ourselves Green Shag, and uh, we've got all kind of names we call ourselves. It's according to <laughs> what genre we're doing at the time. Right. But uh, we do we do music there, and then we play the Broiler Festival. And every once in a while, somebody will want something for a service or something that doesn't conflict ours. But we sure. really don't take anything. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a great band, great people. Who's but, in it? Well, uh, me, uh-huh. which uh, everything surrounds me because I'm the I'm the I'm <laughs> the center of the center of the universe. Yes, Crane, Crane is the center yes. of the universe, and then I'm right in the middle yes. of that. Um, no, okay. My my wife, I would say, is the glue. Sharice um, Parton uh, is 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 a great singer. I don't know if you know Sharice. Sharice no, and Toby, they've been I've known them for many years. Sharice, um, her dad um, is a great uh, musician. They, they she she comes back great. She's she just sings. When they just sings, that's all. She's great. Then I'm beside her. Then next to her. Um, Zeb Keeper is, okay. do you know Zeb? No. Okay, Zeb is, uh, Gary Keeper's his dad. I think there's a dozen of those Keeper kids. Okay. 
and uh, Zev is somewhere along that train. He's not the youngest. He's got some younger sisters, <laughs> and, and Zeb's also my neighbor. Uh-huh. Uh, so uh, if we if you can see our matching fences over there, you'll know that <laughs> one of us is talented, and it yeah, ain't, and it ain't exactly. me. Anyway, Zeb plays guitar. Um, he sings some. Uh, Richard Kent is Thumper that plays okay. the bass. Um, he's a, uh, out of California. He's been... Um, He's really strong in the recovery end of, of our church and, oh, and, yeah. and goes that direction. Um, Randall Grable is playing guitar okay. uh, now uh, for us also. He's really good. He, he plays guitar. He, by the way, he's got a new gym down here. If you're oh, when you start yeah. doing the... the re, I, I'm, as you tell, I'm not in there as much as I need to be. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but let's see, Randall, I'm going up in my mind. But yeah, that's it. And... Uh, of course, Sue Rice was right. in it for years. Love her. I loved Sue. You know, Sue's gone. Yes. yes. Well, you know, Sue and you know, Mike. Mike. Yes. Both wonderful people. Oh, I love it. And I miss Sue. That girl, I tell you. And through the years, we've had some more people in there. Uh, Forrest Thompson played bass for us for uh-huh. a while. Um, but it's it's just a, a sweet little bunch of people. So that's, that's the whole music thing. Then I have the whole motorcycle thing, uh-huh. which... Sometimes people get confused and think we're a biker church. We're not a biker church. We're just a church. I can't see Nancy Harmon on that. Well, she, she, I tell you what, Nancy's one of the ones I'll do something. She'll just shake her head and say, Bruce. <laughs> anyway, I love Nancy. What a, what a blessing she is. So, but I mean, we do the whole motorcycle thing where I'm part of an organization called Black Sheep, Harley Davidson's for Christ. Okay. Uh, we, we do everything from boot shines. We have, Toy runs. We have uh, Carrie and Leroy Eads uh, with the Moonshiners. Uh, they come to our church. The Moonshiners is an organization that rides motorcycles, and they—they're um, not a club. They're an organization. <laughs> so anyway, the Moonshiners—they help us, or they actually do the toy run, uh, uh-huh. and we surround them. And and we we've had great. Uh, I, I couldn't give you any report this minute but i know there have been times we have five or six hundred dollars uh given to it it all goes oh, to wow. local kids and and that's not counting 50 100 150 200 toys right. i mean it's it's but anyway so we have that all that going on uh and then we have the whole law enforcement side uh-huh. because they'll at my heart um i'm a pastor uh-huh. but i'm i mean i literally um I think I've been a cop for so long. It's it's, I I can't think any other way. Sure. I mean, when I when I pull up, I see, I look at tags, I look at you know safety, <laughs> I look at who's doing what. I'm listening. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's part of it's, it's part of who I am and right. has been for many years. Mm-hmm. And and ministering to police officers, ministering to people around the whole law enforcement thing, mm-hmm. when you've worked child abuse oh, or yeah. child sexual assault. On people who were in the church, right? Suspects. Oh yeah. Okay. When you have, I'm just when 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 you've found people in compromising positions, when you know things about people, when you when I drive through Crane, I see a different Crane than you see. Oh yeah. When I right. drive through Stone County, I see places that I've worked deaths. Sure. I see people places where tractors have turned over on people. Right. I see bodies. I see. I see children hurt. When I go to south end of the county, I I have thought after that. I mean, as I drive by the 
different trailers that aren't even there anymore, just a lot. Where, uh-huh. I mean, and see, it's hard to minister to people that's been through that. Right. Because they say, okay, well, God, where were you at when that was happening? Exactly. So I think that one of the one of the things that God has called us to do with Old Law Dog mm-hmm. is to both minister to policemen, but to minister from a point of view in a, in a time when that there's such a division in this country. Oh yeah. When there, you know, when there's such a, you know, I have, um, I have people who that their whole division is over sexual orientation. It's just, oh, people yeah. just can't get up. And it's like, you know, as a, as a law as enforcement law, official, no, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, you had as a law enforcement official. When I show up, we don't check nobody's sexually. <laughs> we don't care. We're doing a job. And, and, and through Christ, what I do is I say, you know what? I'm not also through Christ. I'm not checking your sexual orientation. What I'm doing is I'm telling you that God loves you and right. he wants the very best for you. Because I listened to your entire message from Sunday. Okay. I listened to the whole thing about the wineskins yes. and everything else. Yes. And so I did that kind of in preparation for today. And I just thought, you know, the thing that just kicked my butt was just the concept of how much newness there is if you take all this stuff and get away from the religiosity right. into everything else. Yes. I think that's something that everybody needs to hear. Well, as a policeman, what ends up happening as law enforcement, whether you're deputy, whether you're state, county, sure. what happens is you go there and you go there to take care of a problem. Sure. Solve the problem. Humankind had a problem. Yeah. And the problem was separation from God. Oh, yeah. And Jesus came and took care of the problem uh-huh. through him. And, and I can drag my pet theology about when Jesus is coming back or my pet, that, my pet theology about speaking in tongues or my, sure. whatever it is, or dancing or not dancing or, right. or, or hoochie cooch or not hoochie cooch or, <laughs> or who's supposed to have sex with who. I can drag all that with me. Right. But what I choose to do is say, the problem is our separation from Christ. Right. I, you know, Dale, I'm a really good husband now, uh-huh. but I never, I wasn't always. The closer I get to him, the better husband I am. Sure. The closer I get to him, the better daddy I am. Sure. I'm a better employee. I'm a better pastor. I'm a better uh-huh. person. And it's not because there's a rule there that says, you better be nice to your wife. Can you imagine <laughs> me writing down the vows that me and Kim and us putting them on the wall and me coming in and saying, now, Kim, you said, can you imagine that? How would that relationship yeah, work? exactly. But instead, I love Kim. I want the very best for Kim. And do I do I screw it up royally? Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe not. I was going to say daily, but let's say every other day or so. No, I'm serious. She'll say, no, you did what? Okay. But anyway, and, and that's, see, I can see that. I can see the black and white of redemption. Sure. Kim and I went to a, a uh, an Orthodox church not too long ago. Very, very... Uh, it was not Catholic. Was Tulsa or? No, no. This this is my hometown, oh, and man. and we were there, and uh, I guess maybe it's a. I don't know the name of it. I'm sorry, okay. but that the lady was speaking. Oh and, yeah, and she, she oh she took, dude, she took my name and kicked my butt <laughs> and didn't mean to, 
That was the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah. there, there's no way she don't know me from nothing. Right. We're sitting back there, you know, looking normal, and <laughs> and, uh, and God was there, and there everything was totally different, and I would never have, you know. And I was like, this is good. Uh-huh. And I thought, how many times have I said, okay, those people don't. I'm a little better than them because yeah. I've got this truth or whatever this truth is. Exactly. And hell, that's. Listen, I I have friends from every walk of life. Oh yeah. I have friends who listen. I have a, a person who every time they see me, they said, "Thank you so much for arresting me." Yeah. Because that was the first day that I got clean, and now and I didn't arrest them because of me. I was arrested because the judge signed a warrant. I didn't even work the case. Right. But I prayed with them in the car. Right. And you know what? Somebody might not like it, but I'd had so much rather get fired. <laughs> no, for doing something yes, like that. I exactly. mean, cops get fired for uh, having sex with prisoners. Oh yeah, they get fired for using drugs. They get fired for stealing. Uh-huh. How would you like to be the guy? That got, I got fired. I prayed with them. <laughs> <laughs> they needed Jesus. And I prayed yeah, with them. Exactly. I, I think that worked out. Exactly. I just, Sounds good to me. You know, the long term uh, consequences of that. I think I'll live with them. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what to me is just so interesting about doing this stuff was it finally hit me that the one thing I could do really good after having these strokes when I'm walking like a drunken spider is I could sit down and talk to people and hear their stories. And, you know, because I really believe and I came up with the idea of 15minutemiracles.com, shall we say that. And I really want to go into like telling everybody stories because I just believe that everybody has a story to tell and it's so much more fun to get to sit down and chat and learn about it, you know? I do too. And I think that's what's missing now. Oh, it is. It definitely is. What happened to folks? Sitting down and talking. You being a, a, a Republican and me being a Democrat, <laughs> I sit down yes. having a cup of coffee and exactly. say, you know? How are your kids doing? Or exactly. How are your, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, what yeah, happened? Definitely. Now we got to call each other names. Oh, I, I don't want to call nobody no name. That's right. <laughs> no name call I'm here. not mad. I don't know why everybody's mad. <laughs> Listen, if you was raised where I was raised, uh-huh. or let's let's go back a generation. Okay. My parents, they did not have a pot to pee in or a window to throw it out of. Right. They had nothing. Uh-huh. They had dirt floors. Sure. They had no electricity, sure. they had no vehicle. My daddy never, excuse me, my daddy's father never owned a vehicle. Wow. I mean, they are from the woods, oh, skeeters, yeah. everybody stunk. I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. Nobody and knows. I used to talk to my grandma and she, she was so happy to have deodorant and so happy to have, you know, be able to go to the store and buy snuff. She dipped right. snuff, and uh-huh. she was just as happy as can be. Never been further than 40 miles from her house. Never been on an aircraft. Never been. She was just happy to have. And see, we got so much stuff. Oh, yeah. And we're mad. Oh, yeah. We're mad. Absolutely. I ain't mad. Yeah. Exactly. I ain't going to be mad. You know, that's the thing that I learned through these strokes is I dang well should be dead. Right. But I'm not. How happy am I about that? <laughs> Great. And Dale, I just like to say on behalf of me, I'm happy about you not being dead. <laughs> well, good. This is the longest talk we've had other than in a convenience fun. store in a long time. Exactly. It's fun to just <laughs> sit down and talk, you know. And that's like, that's such an amazing gift to be able to talk and do everything. And 
I'm just thankful for it. And I'm going to be I thankful am too. for it. I yeah. am too. For you and for me. Yes, exactly. Because you know, you know, Dale, I, I have been in some, uh, and I'm, again, there's no need to go into details, but I have been into some, I mean, I was at the first, um, when I was in the tactical team in Camden, uh-huh. I was on, I was at the first school shooting that I knew anything oh, about. Geez. And he did not shoot anybody. He held his, his associate principal, I can't remember uh-huh. who was, I don't know if it was the principal or the associate principal at gunpoint. He had an accidental discharge. We were stacked up, ready to go in. I mean, he could have killed any. I mean, it. But you know, I've I've had my pistol out bunches of times, and every time it's all worked out. You know, and yeah. and, and I'm not saying. I mean, I some. I'm just saying I'm thankful. Oh yeah, I'm no thankful. Doubt. That's the key. That's where we all need to be, is just being less religious and more thankful and more amazed that God has given us this amazing gift that he did. I love that, Dale. That's, you know. I love that attitude, son. That's the way that's, to be. You know? You're helping me. I'm, a, I'm <laughs> well, enjoying this. No, I'm you know, serious. That's what we need to be. That's how I got out of, you know, my experience was I had the experience of Talk about weird deals. I had the fourth stroke, and it took me almost a full month to get the perspective that I have. And then it was only because I went to bed on a Saturday night, got up on Sunday morning, had a dream about the great church that I went to in State Park, Illinois, and then got up, and the woman that I had envisioned in my dream was she was preaching right in front of me in St. Louis and I was hearing her and I'm like, I'm in St. Louis, you know? And so it's just amazing. And I realized at that point, I need to do a lot bigger things than what I'm doing. And I need to be happier and I need to just realize that I am a dang miracle. And (laughs) it took me four, it took me four of them to get that way, you know? You know? You know, here's, this scripture and it's a it's one of those kind of scriptures that it's it's that it's, it makes you just scratch with it's just okay. that little itch okay? okay but he says that all things work together for our good okay all things work together for the good of those who have called according to my purpose is that Romans eight twenty eight? I think so did I just happen to quote that last night when I was doing one of these little messages I don't know but I I'll go back and listen I might need to listen well you know I'll send it to you definitely here's the deal though I I wish it was always the good stuff uh-huh. but you know what Martin Luther said oh, yeah. all things work together even your sin. Right. So I'm not saying that. I'm just quoting Martin. <laughs> <laughs> but, but here's the deal. I, first time I read that, it shook me. Uh-huh. It shook me. Right. Because I'm like, okay, I've been trying to make all this bad stuff be good stuff. Right. When in fact, that's making me who I am. Right. So in and- the... In the eternal look of things versus 61 years. Right. That's pretty important. Yeah. And so that's that's my, you know, what I'm trying to do here is just talk to people 
And I've been having so much fun to get together with people that I know and from different walks of life. And it's all good. Yes. You know, it's all great. And I'm amazed that I've been given this opportunity. It's wonderful. Yeah. And I hope that, you know, and and I don't know if you got to watch any of my videos, but one of the things that I did. I watched on, the whole one the whole time, you know. For so. Sunday? Yes. Okay. Well, I, we do some other videos, too. Oh. On the website, on the Law Dog website, okay. and, and I'm not. This is not an advertisement, but no, one of the let's, things. Let's advertise. No, That's but one of here. the things. One of the things that I did was I spent twelve minutes on one of them, about a twelve minute video, explaining to people why that we need men and women of faith uh -huh. to go into law enforcement. Uh -huh. Because, quick story, Dale. My my wife needed a car. Uh -huh. Which is always a huge thing because we can't ever agree. But anyway, <laughs> so we, sorry, but we, we we was at a car lot and I I was coming from it's when I was chief at Ash Grove, and we'd come down from Ash Grove, and uh, I'd met her there and we went to the car lots to let her try out some stuff, you know, uh -huh. and this kid saw us in uniform and he's probably twenty five, good looking kid, smart obviously, and. He said, where do you work at? I said, I'm chief at Ash Grove. And he said, well, um, you know, I had a spot in the academy. I said, really, did you? Because I'm always recruiting, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I go, oh, really, did you? When did you graduate? He said, I didn't go. And I go, how come? He said, well, we figured out the money. We figured the shift for it. You're talking about him and his wife. Uh -huh. And I'm not, listen, I, you need to count the cost on anything. Sure. Oh, yeah. But figured out the money, figured out the, the hours. And, and I make so much more money and I'm home every night. And, and I told him, I said, son, I totally understand. I totally respect your decision. But if that's in your heart, you need to contact. I gave him a card. I said, you need to, at some point, you need to contact me. And we need to talk about that because I believe people are called to law enforcement, just like they're called to be an attorney, just sure. like they're called to be an minister, just like they're called to, to be a school teacher. Right. I believe God knows, selects, preordains. He's forming our days before we're born is what David's, David wrote in the psalm. He said, you know, and when I was in the secret place, he was putting me together exactly. and laying out my days. And I know, I mean, I'm 61, and I go to work every day doing this. I pastor the church. I was on the phone last night lighting up some motorcycle stuff. <laughs> I mean, because I know that, you know, I want to make sure that when I, I'm done. My cup is empty. I want nothing right. else in there that I exactly. could have poured out. Yeah. I totally understand that. Believe you me, definitely. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's exactly why we're here. And anything else you want to tell people? Well, I was just going to just go ahead and finish the, the story from, oh, yeah. from Stone. From Stone. So um, I uh, was driving down the road, and, and the uh, of course, um, the, the old chief at uh, Nixa, uh, John Burdick, we were f good friends. And uh, John that's from South Dakota and kind of an outsider. And I was kind of an outsider from Arkansas. And we really clicked. And uh, and I just got to worry about him. And I stopped by his house. And he said, hey, I was just looking for your number. And I go, this is 2000 or 99. I go, I just come back from a deal. And I go, what? Did you, what? you okay? First thing I thought he was sick. Uh -huh. And uh, he said, no, no, I'm fine. And I go, well, what is it? He said, I want you to be the chief at Nixa. Uh -huh. And I go, 
well, I don't think that's your decision. He uh-huh. said, no, but I want you to be the chief. Uh-huh. Okay. He said, do you know um, Jay Watson? Uh-huh. I said, wasn't Jay on the board when I was there? He said, yeah. I said, I know Jay. He said, well, you need to put your application together. I said, where are you going? He said, well, my wife, she worked for KY3 or some big big deal. Uh-huh. She was, they were moving. So I put in that application and ended up being the chief of police of Nixa for uh-huh. six, and a, six and a half years. Uh-huh. And man, I, all that growth and all that millions oh, yeah. of dollars. And, you know, I would have bet you $100 that I'd never got that job. But that was ab- absolutely the Lord. The Lord opened door after door after door of ministry while I was there. Oh yeah. Uh, it was it was it kind of laid the foundation. Then my kids got to be teenagers, and uh, I don't you remember Peanut Carr? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Peanut retired, and they had a, a guy working as as chief uh, after that. And uh, I was talking to to uh, the mayor uh, Brandon, uh-huh. and. Uh, I said, hey, if that slot ever comes open, you know, I need to get closer home. I sure. said, I really don't want to go back to the county at this point. I said, but if it, you know, and dude, Crane ended up hiring me in 96 and and did that for like five years or so. And then uh-huh. I'm up to 2011 and ended up going to work for the state for yeah. 11 months, 29 days with probation parole. That seemed like <laughs> a lifetime. And if you're watching the the You're, news recently that's there's a lot of things going on there we'll just leave that unsaid <laughs> and then i ran the fraud unit for southwest missouri the okay. department of family services the food stamp snap card fraud unit yeah. for all southwest missouri for two and a half years mm-hmm. and uh went right back down there and began to work ca- kids cases at, at stone did that for a couple of years and then was chief at ash grove and went back to stone worked for my good friend best prosecutor in the world, Matt Selby. Selby. I'm going to tell you, there is not anybody, and don't get me wrong, the one I'm working with now, Christian, she's a great girl. Uh-huh. Uh, she's They're good people. But I've never worked with a man that worked as hard as Matt Selby to do the right thing. Yeah. We've been on, <laughs> recently we were actually on opposite sides of a case. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I was testified trying to keep a boy out of prison. <laughs> and uh, that was an odd deal. But anyway, uh, he did exactly this. I mean, literally, anyway, so I worked for him for a year and a half, and then uh, I was driving through Billings, and uh, the chief there, uh, Chief Taylor, was standing out in the yard, and we've been friends since the 90s. Sure. Standing out in the yard, standing out beside the police department, so I swung through that. I was actually going to interview a guy for a case down here, and I said, what are you doing? He said, oh, I can't find nobody, blah, 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 and he kept doing like this with his shoulder, uh-huh. And I said, what's wrong with your shoulder? He said, I got to get it fixed. And I said, well, what do you mean? He said, well, I heard it on duty, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, he said, but I can't, I can't do it because I can't get no help. Uh-huh. I go, <laughs> so I've been the acting chief at Billings for the last year yeah. and a half. And little wonderful little town, good people. Have problems like everywhere else. But it's yeah. great people, great board to work with, um, good folks. Right. So I just want to bring it up to where we was. I hate to leave stuff. It's one of those dangling strings, you know. (laughs) So tell me other advice that you would give people. What else would you tell people? I tell people, um, first off, is you are a, you have a body. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. that everybody has, you need to take care of it. Right. Paul says exercise is, is good. Sure. Profits. Right. But what's more important than that is you have a spirit. Uh-huh. And that spirit is made to communicate with God. Okay. It's built to do that. Your maker wants to have a relationship with you. Right. And it, listen, I don't care if you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Church of God, <laughs> Church of Christ. I mean, I, 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 I could probably preach at all in churches right. if they let me. I don't know if they let me. But anyway, um, but the point is, is that find uh, a teacher, a someone, and, and get under that person and have a relationship with God. Uh, and I don't mean through that person, but uh, the Bible says we, when we gather together, there's a different dynamic. Sure. And and this is not an advertisement for my church at all. You may people listen. To this may be in Wil- Milwaukee or something. So I'm just saying, <laughs> we just hope find. So. We don't wait all the way to yeah. yeah. So find. Well, there's people overseas that go to yeah. oldlawdog.com. So I don't know. Maybe we need to put that on there. But anyway, the point being is. Um, have that relationship because what God wants is a relationship. He's not mad at you. Right. He He loves you. Right. And that's what's changed my life. That's what's changed my family. That's what's changed my outlook because uh-huh. uh, I can be a stinker. <laughs> <laughs> that was talked about in the sermon. It all makes sense. <laughs> but yeah, you know, this has been super fun and thank you oh, so much for no, coming in here. That's all right. Um, old law.dog.com okay. both I on Facebook it, I tried to put a, G, I tried a WG in there because I was trying to make you Georgia no so no L-O-L-O-D-O-G. yeah, yeah. Uh, dot com and uh, Bruce Kim Beelan on Facebook and it, we, we stream all our stuff Crane Christian Church and Community Building it's all on there we stream uh-huh. and uh, you can actually go back to the old crane-christian.org oh. and listen to probably five, four years or five years of sermons oh, wow. still out there. Okay. We're going to try to do something with those at some point. But, Definitely. But thank you, Dale. Well, thank you. This was super fun. I enjoyed it. Yes.